Well, our moms think we're funny. I like your theory. I think it makes sense. But then the question is, how does this tie into part nine, Jason Goes to Hell? Because then it is revealed that he's some scuzzy-ass little worm. Mm. I always personally just thought that part nine wasn't really canon. I would say that. I, I think that I think that's the easy, the uh, the easy excuse. I mean, it's a two thousand three film, but uh, it also directly ties into Freddy versus Jason. Because uh, part nine starts off with the SWAT team surrounding the cabin or whatever, and then they just, like gun down Jason. Yeah, yeah, he's blown, blown to pieces. And then what happens? He because I've, I've I've seen it like a long time ago. Uh, I said, I think I've seen it. Um, um, he gets brought to a morgue because people just. Don't have a freaking clue. According to this timeline, after he's in the morgue, his spirit possesses Phil and makes him eat his heart. Then Phil, while he's possessed by Jason, kills the assistant coroner and two FBI agents before leaving for Crystal Lake in search for a Voorhees family member through whom he can be reborn by transferring his heart. The heart that you ate. Yeah. Okay, that just sounds really stupid. <laughs> so, so in the end, though, how does... How, did, how does he... Um, but in the end, the only thing that really directly ties into that is Freddy's glove grabbing the mask, right? And pulling it down? Yeah. For... I mean, that that's like primarily how it ties in, yeah. Right. But it's also the fact that Jason is in hell at that point. But does he actually... Does that soul actually go to hell? Uh, let's see here. Uh, so, Friday, June 13th, Robert, uh, so Jason possesses a guy named Robert, moves away from the corner. Uh, he's going after Jessica Kimball and her infant daughter, Stephanie, still trying to be reborn. Um, his soul then gets transferred over to Randy Parker, who gets his threat code opened by Stephen. Jason's heart crawls into Diana's dead body, and he is finally reborn. The, the, the heart that... Diana the guy, Voorhees. The heart that the guy ate. Yeah. So he just like swallows the heart whole, I think, if I remember that scene right. Okay, wow, that's uh, okay. Wow, that sounds so stupid. It's, you want my it, t-shirt? Because because I've, I've already I've already got one. Shit, I wear it all the time. Um, it's it's not a good movie. Um, it's it's probably my least favorite of the franchise. But oh, okay, but yeah. So basically, they find a mystical dagger that can finally kill the Voorhees family. Snore. And uh, then Jason is stabbed in the heart by the mystical dagger by Jessica and is sent to hell. But, and then Freddy uh, Krueger reaches out of hell and pulls his mask down. So it, it still goes to hell, but I, okay. Um, but his heart climbing to the one girl, and then he was reborn. Reborn? Did he? Did he? Was he born out of her? Or I'm pretty sure that it, her body just transforms. But his heart has to go into a Voorhees family member, and she is. So when, she's the daughter of Elias Voorhees, his father. Right. So when they stab her, him in the heart. Is he changed back to a little girl and his soul just gets cast out and goes to hell? She's not little. She's an adult. But I mean, but does he transform back into her, though? No. Um, so they just killed her. So he she's turns just into dead. The, Yeah. He kills a lot of people, Turk. Hmm. But well, yeah, I mean, um, he, he turns into that weird worm thing at some point. I just don't remember it. Well, remember, though, in, in Seven, to, uh, like Toxic Waste, it apparently just flows freely under New York City. And New York's turned a bad him, place. Huh? New York's a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Bronx. <laughs> um, but it turns him back into a little boy. But not only that, he's a normal human boy. So for well, half a second, like it, it changes a lot because it shows him as a normal kid and it shows him as a deformed kid and it shows him as an adult. 
it like the the camera keeps like changing. So uh, you know, I'm just gonna say for all you people out there that have tried the like the the whole like drinking bleach thing, <laughs> I'm just saying if you haven't gotten the kind of results you want from bleach drinking, try toxic waste. According to Jason Takes Manhattan, it works miracles. <laughs> And in New York, you can find just barrels of toxic waste just open and, like, bubbling and steaming in any alley. Yeah, but don't soak your head in it because your head will melt. <laughs> What's that? Toxic waste. You're soaking in it. <laughs> uh, I'm looking over Jason go- Does Manhattan now. Um, Jason, <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan. You're thinking of the porn parody, Jason Does Manhattan. Jason Does Dallas. <laughs> um. I mean, you could use takes as a sexual term, too. <laughs> take me, Jason. Take me. <laughs> Where? I don't have my hockey mask. In. You need a jacket. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rennie and Sean are chased in the se- almost said s- scene. Um, Rennie and Sean are chased <laughs> in the sewers and barely escape while Jason's washed away by a flood of toxic waste. Although Rennie hallucinates that he changes into a normal child. Boom. Suck why, on that turd. Why, why would you hallucinate? Suck on that turd. You were wrong. Why would you hallucinate that? That's a strange ass thing to hallucinate. Oh, because people control their hallucinations all the time. But why would you just hallucinate out of the blue? Oh, God, I mean, I guess I'll just hallucinate a unicorn now. So. Right. I mean, like, like, why would you just hallucinate? Like, uh, why, uh, she was under some trauma. She watched her whole family get killed by Jason, and she was breathing toxic waste fumes. Apparently, I don't know. by that flood of toxic waste that runs through the New York sewers. Oh, it's okay. The toxic waste turned him back into a little boy. Uh, no shit. No, he's a monster. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out on a limb here and say that that was like the supernatural influences that radiate off of Jason. That I'll, I'll take that. That like, yeah, he's he's putting out some trippy ass visions in people. So she's gonna see. Oh yeah, here's the retard I came from. But here's the little boy I was on the inside. Oh, but that's not the retard that she came from because um, that was a different person. Went the toxic waste. That's the girl. No, she she saw him as the retard as well as the normal right. kid. Right? You, you said you said, you said this that I, I came from like like no, I was thinking like lineage that you meant like lineage, no, no, like, no. <laughs> what do you mean then? No, I mean he was originally this retarded little kid, right? But on the inside, he was this normal little boy. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, now I see what you mean. All right. Um... Well, I could when you said came from, I could have taken it a whole different way, but I didn't. Um, Believe it or not, not everything I say is sexual in nature. Oh, Jason, why does it get laid? <laughs> why do you think I came back? Oh, Everyone Jason. else gets laid at camp. Why not Jason? <laughs> so I actually want to rewatch uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Um, I feel like I need to as well. But, okay. But, I mean, I, I still maintain I like Freddy vs. Jason. It's not a perfect movie. It's not even a good movie, but it is thoroughly entertaining, and the fight scenes are freaking awesome. So, let's let's say this. Um, oh, let me ask you this. In Jason, uh, Freddy vs. Jason, how does Jason come back? Freddy brings him back. Brings him back how? I don't remember exactly. I just know he resurrects him, and... Um, it's only like a partial resurrection, and um, he needs to, or no, it's it's a full resurrection. He just he brings him back from where though? Uh, apparently in hell. So he so because Final Friday, Jason goes to hell. Right, but I want to know in that movie, like, how does he bring him back? 
Because if, if he doesn't have a body, so if he, he's just a, a soul, a spirit, so he'd have to give him a body from somewhere. Uh, it's been so long since I've seen it, I really don't remember the logistics of what it shows. I just know that he, like, impersonates Pamela. Right. He's like, go back to Crystal Lake, your work's not done, please, mommy. And Jason, like, walks out of the afterlife, basically. Is he little boy Jason, or is he, like, He's a big man. man. Big man. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. Big handsome man. Uh, is that... Eight doesn't exist at all. Eight is just like a fever dream. Um, and that... You mean nine? Because nine is Jason Goes to Hell. Okay, yeah, nine. Eight is Manhattan. Yeah. And of course... Dallas. Seven <laughs> is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, seven's good. No, not, not my favorite. Like, like X is my favorite. And, well, no, seven is my favorite than X. Seven than X. Um, uh, okay, but... Uh, so, yeah. So nine doesn't exist at all. It doesn't take place. Hmm. Freddy, and this is... Obviously not canon. Doesn't have anything to do with because it's not part of the movie. Because Freddy wants. Oh, let me ask you. Why does Freddy bring Jason back to life? In the movie, it's that for Freddy to come back, people have to be afraid of him. He feeds off of people's fear. So he knows if he can get Jason back, Jason's an unstoppable killing machine. And if it happens on Elm Street, then people are going to blame him. So, as soon as Jason comes back, he just, like, slaughters three people, and the rumors get started. Oh, is Freddy back? And that starts giving him the strength to start entering into people's dreams again. You know what I'd like to have seen in Freddy vs. Jason is when Jason comes back, and he's on Elm Street, and he goes and he stands in, like, intersection, and he just kind of stands and he looks all around, and then, like, he lifts up his mask. And he licks his thumb and he holds it up to see which way the wind is. <laughs> and then he's like, Crystal Lake that way. He's just sort of marching, marching down the street. <laughs> okay. So here's my thing. Um, yeah, I, I get that. That all sounds good. Actually, it kind of sounds stupid. But uh, it sounds good. But I was thinking, because after that, he's like, oh, wait, now you're still on my thunder, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I got to get rid of you. Yeah, that's why Freddy gets mad. Because he's just about to take somebody's soul. And Jason kills them while Freddy's holding him. He's like, you motherfucker, that was my victim. So I was actually thinking of something else, which I, to me would be even cooler. This is just me, though. Most people are like, yeah, it's just kind of lame. Jason X came out in 2010? Well, yeah. Oh, no, it takes place in 2010. When, when it can't it? take place in 2010. <laughs> when, do they think that our technology is going to jump that far ahead? Well, the initial thing, but like... Oh, like, like when it first starts off and they in the crowd yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, because Jason X takes place in 2455. When did Jason X come out, though? 2010. Really? No, no, that was, uh, was probably 2005 or something. Yeah, because um, Part 9 was 2003. I was, the, I was working at the music store when it came out. Jason X, 2001. Okay. Then 9 couldn't have come out in 2003 then, right? Nope, I'm stupid. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes they, they do these moves all out of order and shit. But anyway, so here's the thing. Um, one of the Elm Street kids, you know, because Freddy wants the Elm Street kids. He wants to. He wants the families to pay for... Um, he wants the families to pay for what they did to him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do it through their kids. But he gets... He misses one of the kids because the kid goes away for summer camp. As a counselor, and is killed by Jason. Hmm. And he's like, "No, no, 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 no! You don't get the right to have that one. That's <laughs> mine. And plus, since you're killing people that aren't even related to your death, right? That's related to my death. That should have been mine. 
And so he's pissed off at that because now he, he he's missing one. Like, here's the thing. Like, now they're grieving for the wrong reason. They're grieving because he was killed by this person. And they're not grieving because, oh, he was killed by the guy that we killed because he was molesting kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, and forget all that kid. Those kids were asking for it. You see the way they were dressing <laughs> with, with their shoes and their pants and their shirts and stuff. There's some places you just don't go, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so then they're grieving for all the wrong reasons. They never got... He never got his revenge on them to be able to say, like, I did this. It was me because of what you did to me. Right, right. And so he's mad at Jason and but See, I would I would handle this a bit differently, but go ahead and finish. Don't say so he's mad at Jason, he's like, I yeah, you know, I gotta summon Jason. Or actually, instead of being mad at Jason, he's mad actually at Pamela. Hmm. But before he, when he goes to get to her, of course, Jason steps in and is like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. You're not on the list. Yeah, that I like. <laughs> that I do like. Um, but I'm kind of thinking they could have explored Chapter 9 even more and made it that why Jason is the way he is, even down to why he's, uh, you know, missing a couple chromosomes, is because the Voorhees family made a deal with something. Mm, kind of like Jason did with the Dreamworms. Yeah. Uh, Freddy did with the Dreamworms. Dream yeah, worms. yeah. So, Jason can transfer his heart. Jason can possess people and all that. They missed an opportunity in Part 9 because it's poorly written. That could have explained everything. Pamela and Elias Voorhees, they've got all their kids. They make a deal with some kind of entity. Some kind of weird hellworm thing. And it's like, oh, well, we'll make your son... You know, your son's not going to be normal. But I can make him to where he's protected. That he can't be touched. He can't be killed. So then Jason comes out. He's all befuckered up. But the hellworm thing is inside him. Now, yeah, he goes to Crystal Lake. He apparently drowns. They never find the body. Mm-hmm. Pamela's going to blame this thing. Oh, I made a deal with the devil. You you promised me you'd protect him. Well, hey... <laughs> He didn't die of cancer. <laughs> I was about to say something. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pamela, please. I mean, Voorhees. <laughs> I mean, sorry, bitch. I did my part. It's not my fault you didn't read the fine print. But now Jason does have this thing in him. He is unkillable. So I think that they didn't make it canon enough. I think that they could have explained all of that. All right. Tell me what you think of this. So Freddy makes a deal with Dreamworms. Okay. Okay. And the dreams where he's like, you know, please give me the power to strike at them in my dream, at their dreams, right? And so the, he makes a deal with the dream worms. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they manifest themselves as worms, but they're not really worms. They're just demons. Right. They're right. just demons. They present themselves as worms. And so, and of course they want to do that because he's causing all kinds of chaos and wrecking havoc and stuff on, you know, on the, the, the physical material world, which is great. Mm-hmm. That they, they love that. They're feeding off of that. Except for when when Freddy starts out, he's doing really he's doing good because like nobody knows he's there. The kids are all dying mysteriously, and and the, the parents kind of have a sense that it might have something to do with him because it's it's all the parents that took place that took part in this in this event. Right, right. They're the ones whose kids are suffering, but none of them want to get together and be like, uh, hey, you know, you, you just don't want to. Right. So right. and so they're all kind of just covering up, just letting it go, uh, and then. And that's great because, like I said, there, there's, it's, it's giving that, that, 
that chaos, even though it's it's more of a subtle, like subdued chaos, is still there. These uh, unsolved deaths, people are getting blamed for the deaths that didn't actually do any, that weren't involved with it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's spreading just like a you know just really really low, like I hate to say, it, but like, like a virus. It, it starts right, out right. small, and and then it just kind of builds from there. Um, okay, we're gonna scratch the second one. We come back to the third one, and uh, and still. It's starting to grow, and and now more people are taking it seriously. But then we get to the fourth, and after like Jason gets defeated, like okay, look, it, it, you know, the whole like we're, they're going to put your soul to rest and all that kind of stuff. Y- your soul can't be put to rest. Remember, we found you in hell. Right. They, your soul can't be put to rest because you were evil. You were going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Just giving you a consecrated burial does not change the fact that you were going to be in hell. It's like they they like. They fucked you. They, they, they tricked you into thinking this was going to happen. Right. It's not. So Jason comes back. But now, like, he's he's killing people, but he's not doing that. He's not creating that chaos that he was before. He's not spreading that that fear that mm-hmm. they wanted. He's And he's getting all comical and shit with it. And and some of the demons are like, you know what? He's, this guy's not doing what we want. Right, right. And you know what, though? I'm actually going to put my money into someone else. Mm-hmm. So then again, they manifest themselves as a quote worm, but I'm not a dream worm. Now I'm this, I don't know, like murder worm. Right. Right. But because I'm no longer fully backing you, your power starts to decrease. Mm-hmm. So now I start backing this other guy. It's just like any other thing where like you were hot at one time. But now you're not hot and viable anymore. So here's the new kid. Even though, even though technically Jason came first, mm-hmm. but when they both come on the scene, in a sense, they both come on the scene around the same time, early '80s, right? Because yeah, right. Jason does his little thing at first, and I mean, Freddie does his little. Uh, no, sorry, Jason does his little thing at first. Then he disappears. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of comes back. But even then, he's a seasonal guy, right? Right. And and so and then that's what's creating that that conflict there between it's like, well, wait a minute, here's the new guy. And who's very, because unlike Jason, who can only strike in their dreams, I mean, Freddie can only strike in their dreams. Jason can strike in the physical world anywhere. So he's that guy. He's that that boogeyman mm-hmm. that that you're afraid of when you're awake and when you're asleep. Yep. Yeah. You know, as where Freddie is only the guy that you're afraid of when you're asleep. Mm-hmm. And that pisses Freddie off. Because he's thinking, oh, I'm going to get my revenge. Because that's what he's just like, you want your revenge. Like, this has nothing to do with your revenge. This has to do with us spreading chaos. Mm-hmm. And this guy, like, he's a new up-and-comer, man. Have you have you heard his single? It's the <laughs> shit. And he goes, shh, 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 shh. Like, what do you, what's your single? What do, what, what, do, what do you have? What do you have? Like, I'm Freddy. It's a Freddy rap. I mean, that, 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 that's not scaring anybody. I'd listen to that. You go to sleep as a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it just sound like the Macho Man Be a Man album? Everybody wants to know what Freddy's doing in the ring. Everybody wants to know what Freddy's doing his thing. So, because we're playing in the realm of hell. Wake up, bitch, it's not just a dream. Because <laughs> we're still playing in the realm of hell here. How does this tie in with the Cenobites? Um. Well, because neither one of them are being tortured. Hmm. And you go to hell. Well, I asked because the original plan for Freddy versus Jason was that they kill each other and appear in hell. And there's Pinhead and says, gentlemen, what seems to be the problem? Uh, so 
if we, if we, so if we want to go back and we want to, uh, like, like, uh, uh, retcon this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we want to go back and we want to retcon this whole thing, then what we do is we, <clears throat> uh, so like I said, neither one of them are, are being tortured. And, they, and as far as, as far as Pinhead goes, they should be tortured. Right. Okay? Right. Um, you're in hell. I got delightful things to show you. But <laughs> the thing is, you guys aren't staying in hell. Right. You're, you're not. Somebody is letting you out, uh, or letting you do your thing, which is completely uncool. Mm-hmm. So, that's when we go back to, um, well, Pamela can't really be involved because she's, she's from like, she was born in like the 30s, right? Because first camp Crystal Lake she opened was, up in the 50s. Yeah, she was born in 1930. She, she is, she's born in the 30s. Um, actually, we could, we could probably go back to, was it the, the Christie family? Yep. So the first camp Crystal Lake, when Camp Crystal Lake first started out, it wasn't a summer camp like that. It was more of like a, uh, like a uh, a religious a, camp. <laughs> I was, was, was going to say I was going to say a secret like a uh, a secret lodge type thing. Mm-hmm. Like a like um uh, what do you call those guys? Like like masons or something. Yeah, the Freemasons. Right. And they had the lament box. Hmm. Okay. And then of course they and through their their means whatever it is. Now obviously if you open it up they should all be pulled in, but maybe they didn't open it. Maybe they didn't open it directly, right? You know, because they were they were working something. So if you if just say like, okay, we go back to the early days of Camp Crystal Lake, you know, so, so the individual camp cabins, those are the people's cabins, and you've got the main place, and that's where they meet, and you see there, and like there's this pedestal, and then there's the lament box on it, and it's there, and then on the walls are like there like pictures of all the different sides, and then like possible configurations for turning it and all that. So mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out, you know, to turn it, to get, to open it up to the, to get the power they want. But right. what they don't realize though, is that even though you're not actually turning it, even by looking at that and imagining what it is, you're still in a way opening the box. Mm-hmm. And so, but because they never actually physically opened it, right. Then they didn't open up. So, Pinhead could never come out. He's he was kind of like there waiting to come out. Him and the, and the other Cenobites. Right, right. But they're all still tainted by that. Hmm. Um. And so then, of course, those are the original, like the original families. Hmm. Then, as they go off, they move on to different places. I mean, if you this is where you guys meet. This could be like a thing where you meet like once a year to mm-hmm. do this, or maybe you've been playing it all. You get together for this one time, and you go back to wherever you live, whether that be Elm Street. Or be Camp Crystal Lake mm-hmm. or whatever it is, but you've all been tainted by that. Okay. And then once Freddie and Jason start doing their thing, um, it's like I can't get the original ones. They they eluded me, mm-hmm. but you are the direct lineage from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now you're in my world, and I've waited so long for you guys to come here to my world. So here here's what I'm thinking. I want to springboard off of this a little bit. You were talking earlier about um, the Dreamworms that Freddy made a deal with. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they're, what they feed off of is chaos. So okay. ultimately, they're chaos worms more so than Dreamworms. Yes. Uh, so Freddy and Jason won't stay in hell. They keep coming back. Mm-hmm. They both keep coming back repeatedly and repeatedly, and that's part of the issue. The Cenobites are torturers, but they are also creatures of law and order. They're ultimately representations of lawful evil on the D&D axis. Because the whole thing is... 
Uh, in the first movie, when the girl opens the lament box, she's like, I didn't, I didn't want this. I didn't mean to do this. And he's like, I'm sorry, but you opened the box. Right. We have to act on that. We are required by our laws to act on the fact that you opened the box. So, Freddy and Jason are breaking the rules by leaving hell. And Pinhead and his boys are there to keep order. They have rules that have to be followed. So, the Chaos Worms are what's working against that. The Chaos Worms are what's breaking the rules of hell. So, when Freddy and Jason wind up in hell and Pinhead's like, okay, I've, I've got you, what seems to be the problem? What we would springboard off into for the following story would be, now it's up to the Cenobites to basically recruit Freddy and Jason and say, oh no, we've, we've got you, you're not leaving our site now, we're gonna stop these fucking worms. Ah. And that gives us, like, a common enemy to unite against for, like, a, a big major crossover. So, as you were describing that, I was thinking... That, uh, because you were saying the Cenobites are, are, uh, agents of, of law and order, mm-hmm. is that they, they realize that these, these two souls keep escaping, you know, leaving. And, but they also know they're not capable of doing that on their own. Yep. So it's like, who keeps opening the door? Yep. To let them out. And so they go basically looking for whatever it is. And they're like, oh shit, we can't be found. And it's like, Freddie, Jason, Protect us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop them from finding us. And, uh, and of course, that's when they're going to offer them power. I'm going to give you more power. Mm-hmm. And there's that thing where, like, Freddy's like, uh, you know, like every town has an Elm Street. It doesn't really work. In, it's a really cool thing. It's like, but it doesn't really work for you because you, you were after someone specific. But at the same time, though, at the heart of it, you were this monster. Mm-hmm. And, and if we get down to it, Let's just say, just going to back things out here. Let's just say that he wasn't a, maybe a child molester. Maybe he's a child murderer. Yeah. Well, that's why it wasn't the original thing. Um, and that the thing is, yes, every time it's in Elm Street, but every, which means that if you're kind of confined in a sense to Elm Street, but there are children for you to murder, like Mm -hmm. all over the globe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like, we can give you the power to, to kind of leave your Elm Street, mm-hmm. which I think he does in like in five anyway, but yeah, I think so. And uh, or tries to do in five, and then and then the same thing with uh, with Jason is. I'm, try, I'm trying to think what would be really cool. What I'm thinking, what I'm thinking with Jason is we can finally let you die because Pamela is the one keeping him coming back and saying, "Oh no, I'm not done with you. Go kill these kids. Go do more. Make mommy happy." So their whole thing could be, you know, we can finally just let you rest and your work is done. That kind of thing. Whether that's containing Pamela or what. That works. Or, or maybe the worms are using the image of Pamela to manipulate Jason to begin with. So it's like, no, you know, we've taken care of Pamela. <laughs> the, the chick who's been telling you to do this stuff is not Pamela. Could be that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Which would be what gets Jason on their side against him. Because it's like, oh, so you're going to use my mother's visage to control me? Not going to happen. So that could be what actually gets them to recruit Jason. Because he's just a force of nature anyway. It's not mm-hmm. like he's going to listen to reason. But if they can prove, oh, no, she's she's been in hell. <laughs> Bro, she's, she's been in hell and we've been dealing with her. <laughs> <laughs> so that that could work as far as, uh, as far as Jason's end of things. You know what would be awesome is... Uh... Like if, if if you do all that, and then once it's all over, then they're like you know, all right, Jason, you're you're free now, and he uh and he he's he's free, 
And it's like, you were never really responsible for any of this stuff. You know, you mm-hmm. were being manipulated and now you can, then you can go, you can pass on to the afterlife too. And, you know, typical Jason style, he keeps trying to go to hell. Right. Like where mom is. And like, no, like, no, Jason, it's not hell time. <laughs> and it's like, and, 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 and he just keeps trying to go there. And it's like, no, it's like, no, you don't belong there. That's where you belong. But there's no mom there. Mm-hmm. And then he basically you know, just forces his way and then basically forces his way out, comes back to Earth, but now has a brand new, he's got a brand new body, a brand new him body. And he's Jason. He's like, the only way I'm going to get to see mom again is to be responsible for my own killings. Oh. And so he forces a way out of there, has a brand new body, a new human body with a soul. And now he's like, and now I'm going to corrupt myself. I'm going to do this thing so I can get to her. And like, and if, if mom killed all these people and she's like, you know, she's deep, deep in, in hell, then I've got to kill a bunch of people too. Yeah, so I can yeah. get just where she is. Nice. Yeah. Because ultimately Jason's just a mama's boy. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Maybe even a little bit of Oedipus in there. Um, see what made me want to bring in the, the Cenobites besides just the original ending for Freddy versus Jason in Hellraiser part two, there is that one demon who's like, getting too big for his rank and is wanting to like break out and do things. And then, uh, uh, Dr. Chenard, I think so. Yeah. It's it's been a while, but yeah, but then pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites are like, Oh good. It's a fight. (laughs) It's like, they've just, they've been itching to put this fucker in his place. It's like, it's that kind of thing. I could, I could really see that working. Okay. So at the end of the movie, they're tearing down camp crystal. Lake. finally, they're going to drain the lake. You know, they're going to fill it in, uh, fill in the, the hole. They're going to plant some trees there. They're tearing the place down. So they're tearing down the cabins and stuff. They're tearing all that stuff down. And as they start ripping up the floor of the one cabin, then they find like, you know, these, um, the, these old pages. And, and they're like, and of course it's got the, uh, like, it's not the, the full, um, lament box, but it made me pictures of the side or like different diagrams of it being turned and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like, like, what is this? It's like, I don't know. It's like, it looks like some kind of like old drawings, whatever. It's like, uh, it's like weird. It's like some kind of looks like one of those, uh, those, uh, uh, like, like, you know, little puzzle, uh, puzzle things or whatever. It's you see kids like, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it's probably just nothing. It's like, yeah, it's just like, just like, like designs for some, like some kind of like, uh, like puzzle. And it's like, yeah, but not this one. This one's different. And it's like, yeah. And he pulls the paper out and it's made of human flesh. And it's written in blood. It's just a page <laughs> from the Necronomicon. Um, I'm pretty sure in in part nine there is the Necronomicon in well, one scene. We I know there was a mention of that, and I think later even made like a, a comic book like Ash versus Evil Dead versus you know yeah. whatever. And oh, it'd be so cool to bring Ash into all that. Nothing may ever come from it, but I think that would just like the the whole like you know the hand reaches up, grabs the mask, and pulls it yeah, down. Yeah. Then you can just have that that one that one page that's there among all that, and it's like there's some super culty shit going on here. Yeah, <laughs> and of course I these like guys that. are too stupid to know anything about anything. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, there's some sick fucks up here. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And then and then it's like, huh? And they and they just like they they're like you know well, just toss it in with all the other stuff, and they do, and then um. And then, like the the cameras, like slowly pulls back the, from the wood. So as they're they're still working and you know, tearing stuff down, and the camera just kind of pulls back as you kind of see like 
the camp is being like torn down and stuff. And, like maybe this is, like the last building that the other ones have kind of been demolished and they have like a bulldozer. Yeah. And then and the camera pulls back, pulls back, and just kind of pulls back, and all of a sudden it just starts racing forward, low to the ground, nice. like Evil Dead style. <laughs> and then it races up on them, and then credits. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. So, I don't think we really still solved the problem of like where Jason came from, and I. But we don't really have enough information to be able to say where he came from. Yeah, he doesn't I, make any sense. But he is he's some kind of supernatural force, mm-hmm. and yeah, as far as film canon, we couldn't figure it out. But I think we provided a really good, a really good alternative. Honestly, I, I like our idea better. <laughs> <laughs> now it would be interesting if um. If his dad like showed up after everything and went to, uh, you know, now that the mom's been killed and he's like, you know, you know, Pam, it's like, I, I should have stayed, you know, you know, I, I knew you were crazy, but I didn't think that it would have, you know, gone this far and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and then he ends up maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say he finds Jason's body, but, you know, somehow may, maybe, maybe Pam found his body and she mm. put it somewhere. You know, just like he, just like he has her head sitting there where, and it's, you know, he, because yeah. that's in the second one, that's where they go, she pretends to be, she's like, hey, Jason, it's me, mommy, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So she had his body somewhere, and she was talking to him, she's like, you know, I'm going to get revenge, Jason, he's treating him like he's alive, of course, knowing that he's dead. And so the father then stumbles, you know, goes and finds like Jason's body, and then maybe it's a, a transference, like, you know, it's, it's my fault, I never should have, you know, let this happen to you. I should have stayed and, or maybe I should have done something. I should have taken you away from her right, and then right. raised you on my own. And maybe none of this would happen. Maybe these kids would still be alive and all that stuff. And then there's kind of like this, like transference maybe. And then Jason ends up taking over his body and that's who is there in part two. Mm-hmm. That's why he's, that's why he, he knows what he knows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And because he takes over the father's body. That's why he's a grown man and mm-hmm. he can do all that stuff. I like it. it. It still has to involve some kind of like supernatural element of like that or. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. The problem is they didn't ever expect Friday the 13th to go anywhere. And they always thought each one was going to be the last. And, you know, the first time it was going to be like, oh, we'll just make one shitty movie. And then it was like, oh, well, you know, we'll actually bring in Jason. We don't, eh, we don't need an answer. Yeah. We're, we're never going to make a third movie. <laughs> to hell with it. We're going to call the third one the final chapter. <laughs> and then the final, final chapter. <laughs> this is the new beginning. Part six. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, guys. The final chapter for real. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> Um, I mean, like you can tell, like by the time part ten rolls around, they're just like, "To hell with it, Jason in space." Fuck <laughs> it. I don't know how many more we're gonna do. I, I don't, <laughs> so you know, I, I know people. A lot of people probably hate this whole idea, but you know, what would be kind of cool is if you took like Mike Myers, and you know how like in the is it the fourth one where he's going after the girl, and um, because like she's. Um, She's part of his of his bloodline, and mm-hmm. and I think they I think something like he wants to like transfer not, not transfer himself but like he he wants her to take to pick up and take over the work from him or something like that like you're gonna be the next one yeah yeah so I'm pretty if, sure that's part four so what if like 
and this just I'm just just putting this out there as like more of a question than anything else. What if Jason, I mean I mean Jason, Mike Myers is not the bad guy? Hmm. So you know when you know people like they, heredity is, is it's, it's a real thing. You know people have different things. They've got diseases. You know is there a history of like heart disease or cancer in your family so right. that you is a good chance you have it. And it's like oh was well, there a uh, you know. Uh, but your your father was a diabetic. Your mother's diabetic. Good chance you might be. It was is there a, a history of like mental illness in your family? That kind of so. What if there is? What if there in the in the Myers family there is a a a history of like dementia, mm-hmm. and that you know these that this family has a a serious like problem with this, and for the most part they they tend to kind of go crazy. Right. You know? Right. Um, and of course, you never know like what's going to trigger it, who's going to have it or whatever. And obviously they think, well, obviously Mike, you know, it did manifest itself in, in little Michael. Mm-hmm. But what if it didn't? What if he was basically kind of like the one that was like, the Myers family can't continue on. Right. It has right. to be stopped. You're the agent to stop them. You got to kill them all. Hmm. Right. But of course, you know, like him being institutionalized for so long allowed the family line to the bloodline to grow. Right, right. And so, as he's still trying, as he's trying, he's only one guy. So as he's trying to get them and hunt them down, hunt them down, like they're growing still. And it gets to the point where he's basically has to, just like it was passed on to him. Mm-hmm. He has to pass it on to someone else. Like you know, the and not like in a supernatural way, just like this is who this is who it is. Maybe it could be like I don't know, make a, like a book or something like that of like. The Myers family history is like right. it goes back like this. So these people have done evil things. Like mm-hmm. this is a really, a really horrible bloodline that has to be stopped. Right. And, right. and you and you you pick a, a young child, you know, that will will be more susceptible to accept that, and then also the kind of grooming. Yeah. And then start off, and that's why he goes to pass it off to her. Um. Uh. To be like, oh yeah, by the way, you need to carry this, take this on for me. Yeah. And, and but so it then makes Mike Myers the good guy. Right, yeah. And but but thing is like, wait, he's the good guy, but at the same time, you don't know he's the good guy. And and is he really? Because these people haven't shown any signs of anything, but it's like bit history says, mm-hmm. and since we don't know from his perspective, like I'm doing the good work here. I'm actually trying to protect all you guys by killing just these people here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mess with anybody else. This is a family thing. Stay out. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> and then, and that's it. He just keeps going and going and going, yeah. trying to, trying to basically get protected by, by taking out the, the Myers bloodline. But then it's like, yeah, but you're killing these people over here. These are Winstons. They're not Myers yet, yeah, but they married into Myers. And I would have stopped them before they became Winstons if you hadn't locked me up for 15 years. Right. So right. this is kind of your fault. So let me do my job. <laughs> So, so, and of he, course, all that non-verbally. So he kills somebody, and then he like looks in the camera. And he's like, "This murder was brought to you by Ancestry.com." <laughs> if you need to wipe out every single person in a bloodline, <laughs> trust no other resource. Uh, Ancestry and uh, what's that? Uh, that uh, DNA one? Um, shit, I the, know the one you're talking about, but I can't remember. Home DNA kits. But yeah, I actually like the idea of it not being nonverbal. Like, you know, you do the first half of the movie and he's just doing the Mike Myers thing and walking around and, and being scary. But then when he corners the kid, he just like sits down and pulls the mask off. And he's like, it's been a while since I've talked, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time you get some information here. I would just say he was just giving the book. Like, 
like give him the book, give him the mask, and then you know the like police are outside, give him the book, give him the mask, and then <laughs> and then step out, and then they'd be gunned down by the police. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> and then like we finally got him, and then you know, did he say anything to you? It's like no, and then like later on that night, the kids there like under the covers with a flashlight, you know, <laughs> reading the book, and he's like seeing like the history, and it's like. <laughs> It's like you're the next one, and that's it. And it doesn't. The book has to have really be like updated or say anything else. It's like it's always the last line in the book is always you're the next one. Yeah, yeah like you're the yeah. new one. I like it. And then of course you find out that uh, that Doctor Loomis um, is a part of the Myers bloodline. Hmm. He knew the whole time. I like it. That could be good. He's like a distant cousin. He's like, I knew, I knew something was, something was wrong. I've been watching Jason, but I had to, I mean, I've been watching Michael. I've been watching the family, but I didn't know who it was going to be. And then it was him. That's how the whole series ends is that he's traced down like the last relative and it's just some hillbilly who's lived up in the mountains. It's just like, I'm your fourth cousin, Cletus. She. Now the, the way it ends, he, he, he finally kills the last one. Like he, he kills like that's the, that's the end of the bloodline. And it's like at this point, he doesn't even know what to do with himself. Like, I, I guess you gotta, I gotta kill myself. Um, and then, um, and he, you know, is, he goes to get ready to walk away and, uh, he ends up knocking over those mails on the table and he looks down and, uh, and they're checks. And it's like all these checks have been made payable to the guy. Like maybe they're I don't know, canceled checks or envelopes and it looks and it always says like, you know, uh, Greater Northern Sperm Bank. There <laughs> 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 I go kill him again. <laughs> he pulls the mask off and it's just Will Smith and he goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> Credits start rolling. <laughs> uh and then, and then we'll get him to contribute some kind of like Will Smith right Halloween rap. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kid that he passes the legacy on to is Jaden Smith. Oh God! So, right, cut! 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 So no, instead of doing all these Michael Myers style killings, he's just like Hannibal Lecter, and he'll just like <laughs> he'll just like, walk in the room and be like, "Facts, morning, Clarice." <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be killing them. I am. I'm killing them with tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't real deaths. <laughs> I'm killing his social media account. He becomes the most followed person on Twitter, and like the last thing that he tweets is like, anybody with a true mind would kill themselves <laughs> for a higher consciousness, and so everybody just commits mass suicide. <laughs> it's like, don't. <laughs> Don't do it, Jason with Jaden Myers. Don't do it. And they shoot him. They shoot him. Ah! And he's laying there. And they're like, uh, and then he looks over in his hand. He reaches for the phone and he just <laughs> send it. <laughs> no. They manage to kill him just before he stops it, and then Trump walks in the room. He's like, What's this? An unsent tweet? <laughs> I never leave a tweet unsent. Never. <laughs> <laughs> this tweet is bullshit it has no capital letters no exclamation points <laughs> lousy punctuation you should capitalize all the important words in your sentences all capitals I'll fix this right up and send it out for you <laughs> all these words are spelled properly 
Jaden Myers, I respect your work ethic, but you just don't know how to Twitter. <laughs> Jaden Myers. I know I said it, but you sang it in that voice. <laughs> you just don't know social media like I do. I know social media. I'm the best at social media. Here we go. There we go. Now I'm just going to hit send. There you are. Why is everyone killing themselves? I had nothing to do with this. I do not know this man. I've never met Jaden Myers. I take pictures with a lot of people. It's like you're busting their arms. Like, it's like, where are you? Joey, Joey, where are you? Where are you? And he's like sitting there at the computer and he's dead. And they grab him and shake him. Joey, what, what, what's, what's going on? Oh my God. You, the tweet, you didn't read the tweet? Tweet? No, I've been sitting there watching this, this movie about this hot goth girl. <laughs> Now, see, that would be that would be an awesome like horror movie parody. It's about a guy who uh, who has like a serial coming, a serial killer coming after him, right? And so he then decides to uh, like, he's like, oh shit, there's, there's no way I can escape this guy. He's, he's, he's you know he's unkillable. He's unscapable. He's like unless, and then he like gets like the finds the ring tape and puts it in, <laughs> and, and, and then he goes and he like he digs up like Freddy's ashes and pisses on him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when when Jason goes to kill him, then like the ring girl comes out and, and, it's, and it's like he's mine. And Freddy's like he's mine, bitch. And, and he's like I'm the horror movie Mr. Burns. <laughs> you have all the killers coming after you, Mr. Burns. I'm invincible. Invincible. <laughs> And then he's like, uh, it's like, it's like, right as they're, they're fine, they're trying, they're selling it all about, they got like a mediator or whatever. And it's like, okay, all right, all right, all right. So you'll both attack and each one of you will deliver the killing blow at the same time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when I say go, and then it's like, you're supposed to have noise. And they see an envelope slides in from under the door. And like, what is that? And, uh, and they open it up and it's like, it's like, um, like, dear boy in the next apartment, I really like you too. Yes, I think we probably can be friends. It's like, <laughs> would you would you still love me if I wasn't a girl? <laughs> it's like, meet me after the sun goes down. <laughs> it's like, ah, shit. <laughs> we make good movies. We're so stupid. <laughs> oh, man, you know what? In the 80s, we we would have been like the only writers for canon films. That oh, would have been yeah. it. <laughs> Golden Globes would have gone nowhere. <laughs> it would have like they they were like, no, we only need these guys right here. It's like <laughs> we we got we got Chuck Norris. And we we got him. <laughs> Charles Bronson, and now we got this new guy. What's what's his name? What's what's his name here? Gene Van Clan, uh, the John. <laughs> John Van Clan is like, it's like, yeah, we, we got we got him too. It's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, and we got these two writers here. It's like. Yeah, we don't need anybody else. <laughs> it's the 80s. They just open the door and we're just face down on a pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it'd, be, it'd be fantastic. And it's like, and then, and then we'd be like, you know, like, 
Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, Menachem? Yeah, yeah, come on, come on in, come on in, guys, come on in. <laughs> like, uh, like, we're, dude, we're, we're, we're burned out. We, we really are having trouble keeping up this pace. And it's like, we, I don't, I don't know if, uh, we, we, we need, we need a break. We just need, like, take a, a month off. A month off? That's like five movies. You can't take a month <laughs> off. It's like, it's, it's okay. We got a replacement for, for, for you just for the month and then we'll be right back to work. We just, we just need to clear our heads and stuff. So we, we got a replacement. Uh, what you need him? Hey, Tommy, Tommy, come on in. Come, 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 you him. <laughs> oh, hi, Menachem. <laughs> and, uh, we, we, we got Tommy and we got another guy and, and they're going to work really well. Um, uh, it's like, uh, I think you guys met before. Neil, Neil, have you, have you met? <laughs> <laughs> oh hi Neil. You tell the best stories. <laughs> he's like He's like, uh now you don't have a problem with me actually being in the movies too, right? <laughs> and uh he's like so because I, I, I want to write and direct the movies as well. Um, and then the good movies about espionage and computers and, and saving the world and killing people and conspiracies. And Malcolm's like, eyes are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's like, what about nudity? What about nudity? Uh, yes, lots of female nudity. And go, what about you? Do you ever get nude? And it's like, uh, that's not really my thing. It's like, how are you going to sell your movie if you don't show your ass, Neil? <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> I was leading up to that. I was building to that. So, and, and then I overthrow the government. Tack attack attack on the keyboard. Uh, and I, I think I think though, if we introduce them to them, we wait after our month is over. We're back. We don't need you guys. We don't need you guys. Why don't you go right for, for Hollywood? God, we don't need yeah, you. you see, they they brought on this hot new talent, uh, Nicholas Cage. He's starring in all their movies. Great guy. Then we'll be standing outside, like picketing Tommy and Neil. It's like they took our jobs. He's out there with the picket fence. Like, God damn, I need a fix. <laughs> Fuck, I can't think straight. <laughs> oh man. So now we need to redo our our time traveling podcast. <laughs> like, where we go? We would go to the eighties. Oh yeah, this is like our version of the movie yesterday, where it's like. In, instead of it being you go to a world where the Beatles never existed, it's like you go to a world where the guys who made Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street never existed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know uh, when uh, in the Grindhouse movies when uh, what's his name? Ah, uh, uh, Kibbles and Bits. I can't think of the guy's name now. But anyway, um, when he did um, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? That um, Eli Roth. Yeah, thank you, Eli Roth. Uh, when Eli Roth did Thanksgiving, he was like, hey, you know, they were making all of these, like, holiday-themed movies back then, anything they could. Have you ever looked up holiday-themed horror movies? I mean, not outside of what we see in our recommended stuff. Dude, if you ever just kind of, like, look that up, there are, no joke, there are, like, holiday-themed horror movies for almost everything you can, there's, like, Flag Day. Like a, like, a, like a PTSD veteran goes on a killing spree. You know? After like the flag like the long guy doesn't come and cut his grass for like a week and he gets too high and he starts having like Vietnam flashbacks and, and, and that, that that's not a real one. But they do it. It's like you would look and like, holy shit, they made a oh, like one off of that? Like really? Like, it's it dude, it's it's so crazy. It's, it, all of them, it, even like things you never even heard of, like they, they have they have a horror theme like movie for them. Like 
wow, that is just, that's insane. Like, <laughs> wow. I'm surprised that Thanksgiving had not been pit taken already. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, it's like <laughs> National Crockpot Day. <laughs> <laughs> He's got lawn simmering plans for you. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Good stuff. Well, we've been going for about two hours. Holy so. shnikes. Yeah. So we definitely got a two-parter out of this. I don't understand why Jason is so appealing to us. I don't know. He, but was, he, he really is a... He's not even a one-note character. He's a no-note character. <laughs> and he's, he, and he's, he's kind of garbagey when you really think about it because he doesn't... <laughs> he, he doesn't do... He has, he has no personality or anything else, but... I don't know why. I think that's why. I think it's because we get to project whatever the hell we want onto him. Uh, and out of all the hundreds and thousands of possibilities of what we could have done, we just made it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I was yawning. You cost me a good yawn, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Here I come. Oh. The only thing worse than losing a good yawn is a good sneeze. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the worst. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Had an aunt who did that once. I was gearing up her sneeze. She was like, I'll give you a dollar if you can sneeze. And of course, it just like instantly went away and was like, no! <laughs> she took my sneeze. You can have the dollar. I don't want your fucking dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Please, anything you want, I swear. I want my sneeze back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we love Jason and we love good eighties horror movies. We love bad eighties horror movies. <laughs> okay. So, um, my name is Turk182 and, uh, you can find me every Friday 13th, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which actually we had a Friday 13th th- this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We so. do. Uh, but you can find me here on, uh, our mom's secret funny with, uh, with the Comey. You can also find me on the comic book podcast in the gutters that I host with Wallcrawler One. We talk about everything comic book and comic book related and everything that's great about comic books. And, uh, you can find me doing all kinds of stupid stuff pretty much anywhere that I, that I am. You know, um, <laughs> I don't go out of my way to do stupid stuff. It's just genetics. Um, you can find me on social media at uh, Instagram, uh, turkway 2 underscore K-E. <laughs> and you can find me, I mean, you can find me on Twitter. You're not going to find me doing shit because I do hate Twitter so very, very much. Um, but you can find me there at the same place, turkway 2 underscore K-E. And uh, pretty much almost wherever I go, um, there's a Comey. Uh, <clears throat> That's me, a Comey. You can find me wherever there's an Elm Street at Akomi Draws. Yep. Not killing children. Not killing children. Yet. But, uh... Killing him softly with his <laughs> art. <laughs> no, not, not not killing him. So if Jaden Smith hit me up on Twitter and was like, Hey, I want to write a comic and I want you to illustrate it and I took the job, would you be mad at me? Ah. Uh... No. Would you lose no, all you, respect no. for me? No, you know what? I would be mad at you. I would be mad at you. I certainly would. If you, if you, if Jaden Smith wanted you to write a comic for him and, and you took the job and you, I mean, to draw a comic for him, because I'm assuming he's going to write it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, either that he'll get M. Night Shyamalan to, to write it for him. <laughs> um, but, and, and he wants you to draw it for him. I would be mad at you. Yeah. I certainly would. And I would be like, I can't believe this guy. Now, after all this shit and everything, talking all this shit, he's going to, 
you know, just to compromise himself by by working with Jaden Smith. Sorry. <laughs> I would only do that just so the next day I would get a tweet that says, Facts morning hit <laughs> everyone except Turk Way too. <laughs> I'd pin that on my tweet. Maybe like the top thing. I'm like facts morning everyone except the Turk Way too. You know, you know how I would respond to that tweet. Speak to him, Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> you tell him, Steve, Dave. <laughs> Zang, yo. Uh, right there, folks. That was our moms think we're funny. Let's uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>